Welcome to Fast Company Digest, essential stories from tech, design, impact, and work life narrated by Noah App. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor and host of the New Way We Work podcast, Kathleen Davis. Here are this week's stories. First, writer Sarah Bragel explains a promising new development for peanut allergy sufferers, a clinical trial of a new toothpaste that could prevent severe reactions with one special ingredient. Narrated by Noah. Listen to more of the world's best journalism on the NOAA app or at newsoveraudio.com. For NOAA, this is Jane Wing, reading from Fast Company, where on the 10th of November 2023, Sarah Bragel writes, This toothpaste could treat peanut allergies. Here's how it works. Peanut allergies are often thought of as a childhood worry but only about 15 to 20% of kids outgrow them. Peanut allergies impact about 4.6 million adults in the US. About 17%, or 800,000 of them, develop the allergy in adulthood, according to a 2021 study. But now, for all those adults who are allergic to peanuts, protection, in the form of toothpaste, is on the horizon. Results of an early-stage clinical trial were presented November the 9th at the American College of Allergy, Asthma and Immunology's annual meeting. The study involved 32 adults, 24 of whom use a toothpaste containing trace amounts of peanut protein made by biotechnology company Intromune Therapeutics. Eight were given a placebo. Participants were asked to brush their teeth with the substance once a day for 11 months. The hope was that introducing small amounts of peanut protein would lessen the prevalence of severe reactions to it over time. The results were promising. By the study's end, none of the participants experienced severe reactions or anaphylaxis, difficulty breathing and swelling of the throat that can have life-threatening consequences. Allergist William Bergger The study's lead author told NBC News that he believes the toothpaste is an easier, more pleasant experience for peanut allergy sufferers than ingestibles. After further studies, which would involve children and bigger groups, Bergger hopes to submit the toothpaste for FDA approval within two to three years. There have been several other advancements for peanut allergy sufferers in recent years, many of them also tested on children. A similar study earlier in 2023 had children put a small amount of liquid peanut extract under their tongue. By the end of the study, toddlers who were allergic to peanuts could tolerate up to 15 peanuts. A peanut patch is also being studied, and a powder which is to be mixed with a child's food and taken over time in a series of doses was approved by the FDA in 2020. Treatments are still relatively new and parents have only been receiving information about introducing peanut oil for a few years. Lindsay Gibson, who has a seven-year-old with a peanut allergy that became more severe over time, tells Fast Company that she wishes she'd received more current information when her child was an infant. Instead, she was told to strictly avoid peanuts and peanut oil. Two years later, after a second opinion, they started sublingual immunotherapy, or SLIT, treatment, in the form of drops that exposed her child to small doses of the allergen. She says introducing the powder mixture or another proven treatment would have been a game-changer. 
I absolutely would have used them with my part breastfed, part formula feeding infant to prevent allergy development had I known about them in advance of the diagnosis. Gibson thinks the toothpaste sounds practical, but also notes an aspect that could potentially need more attention for children. We can't do slit drops on days when my child has lost a tooth, because if too much peanut protein hits a little blood in the mouth, that could cause a reaction, she says. The same goes for days when her child is under the weather or has a fever, because introducing the protein could flood the system into a reaction. Whatever the treatment is, it's clear that introducing allergens sooner is better. And with peanut allergy cases rising, advances that could save people from the most severe reactions are more important than ever. You were listening to Fast Company, where Sarah Bragel writes, This toothpaste could treat peanut allergies. Here's how it works. This article was published on the 10th of November, 2023, and was read by Jane Wing for NOAA. And next, while many companies have adopted hybrid policies that have employees in the office in the middle of the week, contributor Vinit Jan argues that Mondays are the best days to work in the office. Could rethinking your schedule cure the Sunday scaries? You're listening to Fast Company. We're on the 14th of November, 2023. Vinit Jain, co-founder and CEO of Ignite, writes, Why Monday is actually the best day to work in the office. As workplaces transition to hybrid work schedules, many have chosen to work remotely on Mondays. I think this is a mistake. Indeed, I believe the best day to work from the office is Monday. From work-life balance to team productivity, Here's why Monday is the most important day to be in the office. For many, remote work has made their Sunday scaries worse and made them dread Mondays more than ever. Without a physical commute, remote employees can face a tough mental block as they transition from personal life to a work mindset on Mondays. Unfortunately, this phenomenon is negatively impacting employee engagement and productivity at many organizations. It's time to put this chapter of work to bed, by encouraging workers to get the most out of their Mondays. That is why I strongly believe the best antidote to the Sunday scaries is to make in-office Mondays merry. Fortunately, there are many ways you can make your Mondays more productive. Regular commuters are painstakingly familiar with midweek congestion, while Mondays and Fridays remain relatively quiet on the roads and transit lines. On the surface, this pattern makes sense. No one wants to worsen their Sunday scaries by thinking about Monday's commute, and Fridays are often viewed as a gateway to the weekend. When examining it from a more critical lens, you realize avoiding the Monday commute can come at the cost of productivity and engagement. Have you ever heard of the Monday blues? When employees approach their Mondays with little urgency and limited connection with others at home, it inadvertently leads to a lack of momentum and enthusiasm toward work. I noticed this trend when my company, Ignite, was fully remote. When the work week begins at home, the first few hours of Monday may slip away as employees sleep in, work out, prepare breakfast, and find themselves lost in a sea of asynchronous messages with co-workers, discussing weekly priorities, to-dos, and next steps. While employees can and should enjoy some degree of flexibility and personal allowances, after all, personal wellness translates to a happier and more productive workforce. This lackadaisical approach can quickly become problematic. 
At their worst, Mondays at home can create a pattern of lethargy and work-related dread, which can negatively impact employees' overall performance and job satisfaction. However, at their best, Mondays can be the perfect time to improve productivity and collaboration. In-person connections among colleagues are the lifeblood of a thriving business and, hence, a must for workplaces. And these connections start on Monday. A fresh in-office transition is prime time to reclaim what we traditionally think of as the worst day of the week. Starting the week in the office allows you to set a new tone and transform productivity on the day we had all come to dread. It might be an unpopular opinion, but trust me, your employees will come to appreciate it in time. Transitioning to an in-office Monday sets a powerful tone for the week, ensuring employees kickstart the week ahead with energy and purpose. When together in person, employees can quickly switch to work mode and collaboratively shape the agenda for the week ahead. Additionally, in-office Mondays discourage the tendency to sandwich the weekends with personal plans and help individuals avoid the distractions of home. This change can significantly enhance productivity and foster a more positive work environment. The work week as we knew it changed during the pandemic. As in-office transitions begin again, redefining Mondays is an opportunity we can't miss. In-person work has the power to foster engagement, dismantle silos, and stimulate collaboration and creativity. These connections are equally critical for individual employees, contributing to mentorship relationships, skill development, and a strong professional network. By initiating this transition now, you'll be well prepared to reap the benefits of a more productive and engaged workforce. The question is, are you ready to ditch the Monday blues and build better workforce habits? You are listening to the November-December 2023 issue of Fast Company, where Vineet Jain writes, POV, Why Monday is Actually the Best Day to Work in the Office. This article was read by Michael Satow for NOAA.